And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, after a pirate places a curse on Kaz, matters become worse when the Colossus enters Guavian Death Gang space. There will be curse incidences. You know, Mika Gray is just living her best life right now, and how Kaz gets his groove back. We're talking about Kaz's curse this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. So pretty good too. I I was telling Chris before, and I don't know what it was, and like I I yeah I, I had a bit of a rough week, but there was something about this episode where. It just tickled me. Like, I was just dying laughing. And I don't know if it was just, like, Josh Brenner's performance, because everything out of Niku's mouth just made me just die laughing. And this episode didn't hit me that way the first time I saw it. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, it was fine. But, like, I really had a good time. Maybe it was just emotional release, but I was just dying laughing about every four seconds in this episode. I might be going crazy. Oh, well, join the club. That's Yay! the entire world, Hope. It's the whole world's gone crazy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like stupid shit. Like, like the words, like when they were like, it's not a coincidence, it's a curse incident. <laughs> I just lost my mind oh. over that line, which is why That's it was in the, the opening. Bad puns just like bring you down. That's when you know you're just like a, 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 like a, paper bag filled with stress and like just the the dumbest dad joke is gonna rip open that bag and but that's the thing like i love bad puns like i i love really oh yeah they serve their purpose puns. yeah like one of my favorite jokes okay here's my favorite joke <clears throat> what did the farmer say when he lost his tractor where's my tractor I don't even know if that's a dad joke or if that's like. <laughs> yeah, it's it. my favorite joke in the world. <laughs> it explains uh, a lot. I I don't I, yeah so I don't know what it is like I just thoroughly enjoyed this episode which was such a surprise because I I remember the first time I watched it I thought I thought the episode was fine. And, you know, with uh, Vox Vortex, like, these two together, like, in the middle of season two, I always thought this was, like, one of the low points of the series. But I really enjoyed this episode this time. I don't know why. I guess it's a low point. You could say it's a low point just in context with the other stuff. But as an episode, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. And I actually thought it was better than – I'll get into this more in my notes. Some of the earlier thing, because like earlier, I forget which episode it was, but there was an episode in season two 
where I, I think it was actually the first Nika Gray episode where it was very slapsticky in the Sith Temple, and it just felt out of place because it felt like the show had gotten past that point. But here, the slapstick is part of the narrative, and you see Kaz suffering, which is the purpose of slapstick. Slapstick in comedy is someone has to suffer, which is what makes it funny. And because Kaz is supposedly cursed, it makes the slapstick work here. And it was funny. I just love that thought, like the like him walking around with gorgs on him and poor Bulls old Grog is like, I don't want to die. Like it was really fun Oh, anyway, now we're getting oh, to know. Still working its magic on me, I see. Oh, it's, I've been so stressed the last few days, man. So, <laughs> like, I this was like the perfect release. Like, I it just it hit me just right, right when a time I needed it, and I I don't know, I don't know, it got me good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, All right. <laughs> resistance podcast, e- resistance for- episode. The, there's the headline right there. Resistance episode provides podcaster with full release. Uh, thanks for listening to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that took exactly 1.3 <laughs> seconds to land. <laughs> I was like a hand grenade. I tossed it, and then it was just like, just that pause, and then like. <laughs> It's gonna be one of those episodes. Oh my gosh, I really. Oh, I'm unveiling a new genre of Chris stories today in the show. What do you mean? Oh. Well, you know, I've got like band stories. I've told a few band stories and like kitchen stories, and I've told some pagan festival stories. Well, now I have my friend Chuck's house stories. I'm intrigued. Sorry. Yeah. Well, are you ready to get into this one? I am. Did you like this one? I did like it. Uh, you know, I still wish there was more Tam, but at, during be, the watching, <laughs> during the watching of the show, um, I didn't think about it. You know, as as much as I have with some of the other shows. Mm-hmm. So it, it was keeping me. It was keeping me engaged through the show. Yeah. Enough not to go like maybe it's been because I haven't watched an episode in a couple weeks or something or I don't know but like I wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling that like come on time's a wasting guys that's true that's true we did take, we did take a couple weeks off um recording so that that does help so because then it's just like yay resistance time I forgot I love this so and it helps that bad batches delivering Ooh, i'm ready i'm excited for that finale well the 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 two episodes before the last the the first of the the end part the last two up the first of the last two episodes the two episodes before that were kind of like one of them was totally sort of reminding me of resistance where they were like the one with the bugs the spider webs i think that would have worked if it was the episode before the cad bane episode because when cad bane sh- and just so you know listeners just to date this the finale of bad batch is on friday just so you know so we still haven't seen the final episode yet um the bug episode i feel like would have worked right before the cad bane episode because when cad bane showed up that's kind of when the tone changed yeah um and so i think it would have worked perfectly well but like we had been gaining all this momentum like we had cad bane and then phoenix shand and then the ryloth stuff and then bugs and yeah and it was like just sort of it, yeah there wasn't really much much to you know there wasn't it was just uh it was just uh it was a per like i said it was a perfectly decent episode but it was just weird because like 
all the episodes have been had been very meaning like had like really like meaningful Meaty things stuff, happening yeah. for, uh, but that's okay because yeah this last episode was and we got to see gregor you got back? i was just like, gonna say crazy man gregor gregor, gregor K, you, hope got a gregor mm-hmm. um so then, yeah the moment he opened his mouth like because i was like oh it's a random clone and then he started talking i'm like it's gregor <laughs> Because he has that crazy, I'm like, oh, in 20 years, he's going to be hitting on Zeb and fading him to a Jupa. <laughs> that just, Gregor and his boar. Anyway, <laughs> oh, Lord, it's going to be one of those episodes. Here we go. Ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> Kaz's Curse is the 31st episode of Star Wars Resistance, and it aired on December 18th, 2019. It was written by Eugene Sun and directed by Brad Rao. Some extra information for you. Leah's The Pirate That Curses Kaz is voiced by Steve Bloom. His other works include Tom from Toonami, the voice of Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop, and, of course, my favorite character from Star Wars Rebels. I named a cat after him. He is the voice of Zeb in Rebels. Earlier versions of the script called The Curse by the name The Curse of Mavala, as well as The Curse of Akadu. One version of the story had the curse actually be real, and Mika found it easier to remove it if she let Kaz believe it was fake. And finally, the talisman was said at one point to be something Mika discovered on Mimban. Another iteration of the story had it to be a toy that Ayla was missing, and there was actually in the concept art, uh, new concept art for Ayla and Kel, the kids from Tahar, um, but they ended up getting cut from the episode. But there is con- new concept art of them for this episode. Um, Mimbin, huh? Mimbin. You know where Mimbin is. You know where Mimbin comes from. My brother, I don't know my if you've ever me? read it. You probably, I, you might, I don't think you've ever read it. Was I, Splinter of the Mind's Eye the first? Oh. The first Star Wars book post the novelization of the movie. And here I'm thinking where, of where, my brother and my brother. Remember we talking me. about Yasms? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yasms were native to Mimbin. Mm-hmm. Again, I thought it was my brother, my brother, and me, but it's fine. <laughs> but, like, Mika being, being really on brothers. Mimbin would have been, is totally a uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye reference because it was, there was definitely a, Al, they didn't, they didn't describe it as a Jedi or a Sith temple, but it was probably a Sith temple that Luke and Leia discover trying to get a a, a basically a, a a a force crystal and they run into darth vader there Is that before with... or after luke checked out his sister after mm, mm. i still haven't read splitters mind's eye i own it but i haven't read it yet it's very good it's a mm-hmm. it's a very good read it's written but alan dean foster is a good writer and it's fun. Isn't he the one that's having the dispute with Disney yes, right he now? Is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Fuck Disney. <laughs> He's uh yeah, Disney's not uh Disney's not making a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. I, I had two separate families on my Facebook friend list who were in in Disney World this weekend and not having a good time. <laughs> Ooh. It, it was I couldn't I, I couldn't parse out from what they were saying whether it was really busy there 
or if it's just for COVID, you know, for their whatever they're doing to, you know, prevent COVID there is clogging things up or whatever. But he, he's just like, I spent $600 to get in here and we've been on one ride so far in four hours or, you know, something like that. You know, he's like, we're on minute 40 waiting to get in. The, and they, they came there to go on the Star Wars ride. But like they they keep getting like you can make re- like. Yeah, you gotta make reservations. Aren't, yeah, but they're not sure. The reservations are not guaranteed either. So they would have reservations and it would say, you can go and, you know, you have a chance in six hours. And then it's like, nope, it's not happening. 4.5, nope, nope. And then at the end of the day, they were just like, none of them got to go. Mm-hmm. But they, it kept them strung up. They were, they were mad. Yeah, people are, people are getting mad at Disney. People are just getting mad at everything and everybody. I mean, I've been on the Owl House, like, trip where um, trying to, like, save this, like, super progressive show, which continues to be historic again in season two. It broke history once again by having the first non-binary character on the Disney Channel after having the first bisexual lead on the Disney Channel. <laughs> and, like, like, and, like, four of the characters are queer and it's just, like, and it's ending next season and people are, like, really petitioned trying to save it. Like, I, I wrote a letter to Disney and was just like and away is it, is it ending or is it getting canceled or what's the what's the deal so what happened was um it was announced that season three would not be a full 22 episode season it was going it's only going to be three 45 minute movies which everybody was like excuse me but i think i think um it's a lot of the bigger things that we were actually have been talking about with resistance actually um and what happened with resistance when it came to cable because Owl House is one of the shows, because Amphibia is going through this too, and Matt Braley, the creator of Amphibia, has talked very vocally about cable versus streaming. And what's happening is Amphibia is Amphibia and Owl House are both still cable shows. So they are beholden to how cable works. So what a lot of the fans are pushing for is trying to get a season four of Owl House, but on Disney+. Plus. Um, right. And so... In the much bigger scheme of things, uh, it was announced that over the next two to three years, um, Disney is shutting down the channel Disney XD internationally. Disney XD is what Owl House and Amphibia stream on uh, and play on. But it's still going to be available in the United States, but not internationally over the next few years. So if if both of these shows are ending with season three, and then in the next like two years, Disney XD is shutting down internationally, and they have not announced any new shows for Disney XD. Um, all shows are moving to Disney Channel, like Ghost of Molly McGee, that's coming out, and Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur is going to be on Disney Channel proper. So it, it could just straight up be a fucking cable thing. Um, and uh, so there's been a really big push to move these shows exclusively to Disney+. Plus. Um, and move them to streaming. So we like season three is in the bag. We, we can't save season three. It's going to be three 45 minute episodes. Um, but a lot of fans are really pushing for a prequel, a movie, or a f- season four to end the show properly on streaming. So, but it's kind of what happened with Resistance. It got caught in this no man's land of cable um, that yeah. was made before Tross, and then it was finished before Disney Plus launch because yeah. Clone well, Wars I mean... was the launch show of Disney Plus. That's what happens in those those transitional periods. It mm-hmm. gets you get stuff that gets lost that's perfectly good, like my Swamp Thing show, mm-hmm. and and then you get stuff that comes out of nowhere and becomes huge. You know, like 
a million, you know, not a million, but you know, there's always a bunch of like streaming shows that are that are going viral or or stuff like that. So it's we're in that we're in that gloppy period. It's mm-hmm. always an interesting period, but you're gonna see some, you know, there's gonna be stuff that falls victim to it. I have started watching some good shows, though. Um, we recently uh, finished season one of Ted Lasso and started watching season two, and it's amazing. Um, and not at all what I thought it was going to be. It's the most pure and whole... Guys, if you're if COVID's getting you down and life's getting you down, go watch Ted Lasso, because it is just the most pure and wholesome show, and it just makes you feel good. Um, and then I uh, we also started watching The Good Place, because... Uh, Billy got us to start watching it, and I'd never seen The Good Place, and it's really good. We're like five, six episodes in. <laughs> I, on a whim, watched the Nicolas Cage movie Pig, and it's one of the best movies I've seen in years. Highly I recommend saw, it. I saw you post something about it on Facebook, but I had no idea what it was. It's it's like an action. It's It looks like it's going to be like, uh, what was that guy uh, that Keanu Reeves plays that like they killed his, they killed his dog, and so he goes oh, on. Oh, John Wick? John Wick. It seems like it's going to be a, a Nicolas Cage, like as a John Wick character. He lives in the woods with his pig and hunts truffles and someone steals his pig and he's got to go get his pig back. But it's not. <laughs> it's not. An, it's 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 set up like a action revenge genre, like fight movie or like. But instead of throwing punches and shooting bullets, it's dealing with trauma <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm recommending it with hope and it's all about grief and dealing with loss and grief but it is filmed like an action movie so the and but it, this movie should have just won oscar after oscar after oscar because it's not an action movie but like movies about grief and loss usually are like you know they sort of take you through the stages of grief no, this this one has you cheering on every <laughs> at, at every point where like characters decide to uh, decide to or are forced to talk through something. <laughs> but the talking through is almost like an action scene where you're just like, oh yes, ooh, ooh. <laughs> highly highly recommend it. It's it's amazing. I can't do it justice. That's about as all I'm gonna say to it. But go watch Pig. It's 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 it it's over before you even know it you know it's one of those movies mm. you know who else likes to go through the woods and hunt for truffles mm, yoda smells many things in the woods mm. if a bear shits in the wood does it stink yeah if if bear shit you do not like the smell of yes <laughs> I'm laughing because I just remembered an Avatar joke that you haven't got to yet, but it's great. <laughs> but a Jedi appreciates the true, the smells of the Force. Mm. Are no what? bad smells in the Force. What does the or Force Yoda smell like? Or Yoda would be bad trouble. What does the Force smell like? Mm, oh, strawberry it, oh, it, shampoo. Oh, is it different for, like, every Jedi? Mm, strawberry shampoo and dryer vent. Huh. I could see that actually. <laughs> and when they turn to the dark side, does the dryer vent catch on fire? 
yet. <laughs> anyway, Yoda, I got a question for you. A question for Yoda, yes. And this one comes from a listener, from Mr. Paul C. Kelly. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I have to say, Paul, I was reading this, and I was like, I could take this question a bunch of different ways. It could either be, like, tabletop or sexual, or both. So, <laughs> I'm going to let Yoda interpret this the way he wants. So, Paul C. Kelly writes, here we go with Hope's horrible attempt at a Paul C. Kelly voice. Tricky question for Yoda. Oh, yeah. What was one of the best role-playing moments you had with Yaddle. Oh, no. Uh, tricky, tricky Paul C. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Wants to trick Yoda. Mm-hmm. Thinks Yoda played sexy, sexy games with Yaddle where, where Yoda dressed up like Donald Duck and, <laughs> and Yaddle dressed up like Marie Antoinette. But Yoda, <laughs> but Yoda will not be tricked by such things. No, never happened. Role played was professional. Mm, mm, mm. Jedi peers on Jedi Council. That was the role. Tricky policy, Kelly. Did you did you have not to Donald roll? Duck and Marie Antoinette? But was it no? like was it like um? Did you have to roll certain dice for the council? Was Mace Windu... Oh, many dice the Jedi had, yes. Did Mace Windu bring snacks? Had... We we had... Jedi had... Silky bag full of dice. Mmm. Said J&B on the side. Mmm. Who was the best dungeon master? Yoda! Yoda was the most powerful dungeon master. Ultimate power! Yoda had mm, so many hit points. Yoda had mm, much charisma. Much charisma. Mm. Is is that why Dooku left? Because you guys wouldn't let him play with you? Y- Yoda was a, a, a third degree fairy wizard named Penelope. I keep having to mute myself because I think keep thinking about Yaddle dressed as Marie Antoinette. <laughs> yeah, I'm losing it over here. Mm. I see her in like the powder white face with like the tiny like little lipstick and just being like, <gasps> my head. <laughs> anyway, Yoda, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, no more tricks, Palsy Kelly. He tried. He tried to get you. He, he tried. I, I, yeah. Oh you God. gotta read between the lines of the Yoda sometimes, you know. Still can't get this image of Yaddle dressed as uh, the Marie Antoinette out of my head. Oh my God, Chris! <laughs> every time I see Yaddle, every time I see a picture of Yaddle, I just think of um, both. Well, both Gremlins movies. Whenever they had the female Gremlins, or there were the Gremlins were pretty much like, uh, you know, just. Not, not they. They had no sexual organs, but some of the gremlins would put on makeup and dresses and stuff, and they all look like Yaddle. Yaddle looks like a gremlin, <laughs> like all made up. I will say, With like bad wigs on and stuff. You know the whole thing. As, as I'm going through the High Republic um, books and stuff like that, like I am 
looking I'm, I'm waiting to see where Yaddle is because Yoda's in in the High Republic and I, I kind of really want to see Yaddle and I want to see oh, her I'm, just I'm like, hoping our show takes off someday and and all the our Yaddle talk will launch a Yaddle you know novel or something or maybe a standalone Yaddle movie I don't know I, I will That's say what they should call it the standalone Yaddle movie our, our friends over at the Geeky Waffles has I think the market on Yaddle because they have an ongoing joke about Yalpatine fan fiction of oh, Yaddle and Palpatine, yeah. and that's where Grogu came from. Oh, <laughs> Yalpatine. So they might have us beat to that punch because they that that joke's been going on for months. That, that's a better punch. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a better punch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we we might have to tip our hats to the lovely people over at Geeky Waffles because <laughs> they they ah, might yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Anyway. That's waffle. Never mind. Different kind of waffle. <laughs> Different waffle. Ah, oh, I missed the blue waffle virus episode. Those are so good. Anyway, act one. Act one. We open with Kaz. And you know what? Kaz is having a great day. He's having fun. He's in Anzis. He's playing dice with pirates. And he's just, like, doing really great. And the pirates are all like, what the fuck, you little skank? And Sonara's there, and she's all like, wow, Kaz, like, you're doing great. Look at your beginner's luck and all. And all the pirates are getting super antsy because Kaz is getting all their money, and Kaz is like, fuck all y'all, I'm rich again. <laughs> to quote to quote Yu-Gi-Oh! A bridge, screw the rules, I have money. <laughs> Yay. That's like a 15-year-old joke. Anyway, um... So this leads to Kaz being, like, super cocky, and he's just like, I'm just great, and look at me, I finally have money again, and I'm not poor. And all the the pirates are like, you're cheating, and he's like, I'm using your dice, and they're like, yeah, you are, so I can't do that cheating. So finally, this one pirate, who's voiced by Steve Bloom. Steve Bloom pirate finally just gets, like, super fed up with him, and he (laughs) crawls on the table like a stripper and crawls over to Kaz, licks his fucking hand, and chants, and just smears it all over Kaz's face. (laughs) And starts chanting, and all the pirates start freaking out, because now Kaz is supposedly cursed. And then Niku is just like, no, woe is me. My best friend is now cursed, Kaz. This is not good. Kaz is like, the guy just licked me. What the fuck? What just happened? I just, the guy licked me. Niku, I need a wet, moist towel, please. And Kaz is like, and Niku's like, I can't give you a wet, moist towel anymore because now you're cursed. I don't want your curse. Get it away from me. So, some mayhem ensues and Snar tells Kaz to leave before he gets his ass kicked. And Nico is still just like, oh, the curse, Kaz! Oh, no! And Kaz is like, Nico, there are no such things as curses. Like, I didn't believe in the Force. I don't believe in curses. It's fine. But then, a series of coincidences start happening, and things are bad. And then finally they decide to go get food. And Niku is like, I don't want to get food with you. I don't want to get cursed. And Kaz is like, ooh, but what if I curse you, Niku? And Niku is like, why would you say something like that to me? I don't want you to do curse me, please, Kaz. <laughs> and during all of this, like, dramatic stuff happening, Mika Gray, 
um, awesome badass old lady who y'all love, who we wish did more in the show, um, is off across the marketplace, and she's watching them all freak the fuck out. I lost my spot. There I am. <laughs> but then, after she watches them freak out, she returns to her amazing new job. Because now, she's a quote-unquote fortune teller, swindling people for money. Fantastic. Good for you, Mika Gray. So, more bad stuff keeps happening to Kaz. It's kind of a montage. I'm not going to go through all of it. But, like, bad stuff keeps happening to Kaz. And then he gets called by um, Captain Doza to go meet with Tora and Hype. So, Tora, Hype, and Kaz go hang out with Yeager. And Yeager's like, hey, guys, apparently we're in the Guavian Death Gang territory. And Hype's like, mm, that seems like a bad idea. And <laughs> Yeager's like, I know, right? Why are we here? Anyway, we have to go through this asteroid field, and so I need all of you to go into the asteroid field and look for scouts. And if you see a scout, you kill them. And Tora's like, I can do this. I have taken many lives. And he's like, that's the spirit, Tora. And Hype is still like, why the fuck are we in a gang territory? What the hell are we doing? Anyway, so they all have to go into Hype, Tora, and Kaz, go out into space, go on to this asteroid field, and Kaz is like, there's no such things as curses. And then the fireball, of course, starts to malfunction. And as it starts to malfunction, a Guavian Death King scout sees him and is just like, oh shit, they're in our space. Bum, bum, bum. Except it's more like, <laughs> What did you think of Act 1? <laughs> Beep, beep. Oh, what if they all just sound like Beaker from uh, like from the Muppets? Toto would be like, "You're extorting us." Beep, 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 beep. That's why when they take their helmets off, they're just like a little Beaker head that's just like. <laughs> and Toto would be like, "You monsters!" Speaking of <laughs> monsters, my cat is he's just he's... muscled her way in through the door. Now he's she's muscling. She's in heat. She wants me to go and, and brush her. That's mm. all she wants now, brushing 24-7. We have three brushing stations, one on the couch downstairs, one on the landing in the, in the, on the stairs on the way up, and um, the third one on, uh, on the windowsill in the yarn room looking out over the neighborhood. That's where she wants to go now. She, she oh. rotates around three different brushes. The biggest brush is on the top floor. Then there's a medium brush on the on the landing, and then on the uh, couch downstairs is her precision brush. Miss Miss Bernice, like Mika Gray, is just living her best life. She is. She is spoiled rotten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, speaking of kitties, I can hear my my cat outside the door meowing. She's like, "Can I come in, please?" <laughs> mine will start howling pretty soon. All right. Anyway. <laughs> it's pretty unusual. Like the, this is the first time on this show that that um that Doza and Jaeger are like, hey, go out and kill some people proactively. I know, right? It's not getting a fight. It's like if you see any of them, just kill them. <laughs> I know, right? And 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 like like and they're all so serious about it. And like I I do wish they kind of leaned into that tone more. 
because they're in a war and you know this this show is so happy and season well one it's did funny have they're in really... a war but at the same time they're, they're the the guavian death gang is going to be a guavian death gang war or not you know yeah that's true so but so... I, I do wish they leaned into that tone more because season one got really dark at points and season two hasn't quite dipped down to the darkness of season one but like that's a that's a moment where they're just like yeah go murder people and it's, they're it's, like, a, cool. it's a moment but like i don't i don't know what maybe i just the, it didn't catch me at first of this and wait a minute that's a little unusual but it's and this show is so like kind of just like light and fluffy even though there's like a battle and stuff in it it's it's sort of like so like not really upbeat but just sort of frothy well, that's that you don't of, that's really pick thing, up on yeah. that dark part of it resistance is a show that's light and fluffy until you think about it and when you think about it you go oh like brain yeah, scrapings do you remember the brain scraping it's just like it's it's you have this moment where Kaz is just like no thank you and like being Kaz but when you think about it that's horrific um, yep. And that's like the summary of resistance. It's it's the service level of like slapsticky, light and fluffy. And then you think about it, and it's just like this is some dark shit. Yeah. And okay, my I'll I'll get rid of my only other shallow note, which is I just found the money boot hilarious. I, I love the fucking money boot. <laughs> just walk like a walking around like a sucker with his money boot just like i've got a boot full of money he's just walking around from place to place just like i'm so happy but uh what this this had a great foundation of curses of like for for what it's neat to see a show that's sort of you know dealing well i'll get into that in the second second one but uh like the, the the whole curse thing is is really funny because it reminds me a lot of like I had a friend in and when I was in high school, he was in college and he got a hold of the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey, who was a cheese ball. <laughs> but he wrote the the Satanic Bible, which is a good good book for sort of like, you know, looking out for yourself. But at the same time, it's also sort of just like crush your enemies type of stuff but it would also tell how to like put a curse on somebody but it basically said like you know the thing about a curse is you, you're not really you know calling on evil spirits to like cling on to the person you just want that person to think that and then they'll do all the the legwork for you you know if they if if you can convince somebody that that you've given someone a curse then it, it and especially the person who's cursed then uh you know that that's all you need to do and that's that's totally how they play it in this and uh and and he doesn't really believe it at first but the thing about kaz is kaz always has had been sort of clumsy and had sort of like not bad luck but you know not bad luck on where it gets him but bad luck in the short term you know like he's gonna trip over something or something mm -hmm. so he's always had that and he's like not going along with the cursing, but like then Niku's just like sort of doing a lot of the legwork for him by being scared, and then everybody else by like avoiding him and stuff. So it still it still does its its thing. It you're actually you're actually touching on my Act Three notes, so I'm gonna oh. just jump right in here. Um, so I had for for this episode, I, I did something that I haven't done for a while, and I went back and I rewatched um, Star Wars Explains. Uh, uh, covering this episode 
And Alex Damon pointed out how this episode reminded him of a Qui-Gon Jinn quote, which is, our focus determines our reality. And right. that's a really good way to sum it up because everything that happens to Kaz in the fireball is normal. We know like he's acted like this way yeah. before. The fireball uh, normally malfunctions. It's part of what it is. But Kaz gives power yep. to this curse because he starts believing in it, even though these are just perfectly normal things that does normally occur. And I, I really liked that framing of it is the curse only has power because Kaz is giving it power. And it's his he's focusing so much on it that he becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and he just kind of makes everything happen because he starts focusing on it. And it's a really good message of where we put our time and our energy is where we put the importance of things. So say if like you put a lot of time and energy into studying something like Twitter or Facebook, we're going to be manifesting like the, the horrible things there and like seeing like the dark, like the darkest sides of those things when we could be putting our focus and our time in something more healthy and so I, I thought that was a really cool thing that yeah, like if you clean, focus in your kitty litter box or something like that. Yeah, we're like working on a personal project, something that's like. Sure. More, so I, I really liked that framing of that Qui-Gon quote that Alex said, which was our focus determines our reality, which is pretty much the summary of this episode. I agree. But. um, Yeah. I, um, And 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 then you have Mika Gray. This is all full of all sorts of stuff that that I'm interested in. Mika Gray is just doing the standard fortune teller like they call it a cold, cold reading. Yeah, just swindling people. Cold reading. You just pull out and the the people are just giving her like, you know, she she basically like, oh, this guy sells gorgs. Yeah, you're going to die by a thousand tiny (laughs) teeth. My gorgs are good. You know, she tells him his gorgs are and then goes, I don't know what that means, but that's just what I see, you know, and and then he does the rest of the work by. He's wearing like a gorg shirt and she's like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's so fucking funny. But, um. I love that too, because like that's that's what one of my notes for Act One was. Mika Gray's living her best fucking life, because he's just yeah. like, I'll give you another ten credits if you give me clarity. She's like, come back next time with more money. <laughs> and she's, and I think what I like about it is she completely fits this crazy ass group, because um, it'd be so easy for her to be like almost like this heightened force character no she's slumming it on the market she's just hanging out yeah she's a fortune teller yeah she's doing basic fortune tellers she's in a market she's doing basic she can't go looking for for artifacts for sure you know she's out of that element so yeah and 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 it's full of you know and there's nothing else there's there's nothing else to trade that's that's the thing about like the money that there's nothing to like there's no trade. I'm sure the food is just sort of rationed out. And, you know, the the only way to, like, have money pass around is selling, like, advice or um, gambling. So, and that's what we were seeing. We were seeing the economy of the, we saw the economy of the, of the ship. Yeah. But, um, I'm, uh, I have a curse story. Tell me your curse story. I'm excited. This is a this is from a new a new genre of Chris stories called my friend Chuck's house stories because my Chuck friend Chuck's parents were both certifiably insane and we used to go over there during high school because it was basically unsupervised but with a mom and dad there uh, so <laughs> it was pretty crazy. 
But this one, for one one time, does not involve Chuck's mom's mom getting mad at our friends. And do you remember? You ever seen the old Bugs Bunny cartoons with the with the 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 witch, witch Hazel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Chuck's mom looked like. Oh. Basically, she didn't have the cap or anything, but that's what she looked like. It, there's just no. She looked like an old like hag, and she talked like this, and she was very dramatic. And uh, um, it is what it is. And uh, so Chuck had a little brother, Stuart, and Stuart had a bunch of friends over from the neighborhood. And one of them was being obnoxious because you could basically do anything over at their house. But at the same time, you could go too far. And there were always kids who like went went a little too far and he was pissing off Chuck's mom. Which it was okay. You could. She got pissed off at anything, but he was really like trying to piss her off. And uh, she came up to him and, and floated her hand over his head, and she goes, "I can't remember what the you know, I, Let's just say his name's Billy Billy Smith. She's like Billy Smith. I put a curse upon you. A curse upon you. And everybody in the neighborhood knew like." her curses were like you know like legendary this is a total you know everybody like believed in chuck's mother's curses that especially his little brother's friends and they were just like this kid for weeks begged her begged her he mowed their lawn he would come over and beg her please take the curse off and she'd say better leave or i'll you know i'll curse you again until she decided that she'd ha- you know made him suffer enough and took the curse off him but uh yeah <laughs> as far as i know nothing happened to him but he was he was running scared for like two or three weeks but that's all i got <laughs> that's a mild story mild that's great story. you'll have to bring back uh, Chris's house stories more um yeah some someday we'll t- we'll we'll tell the uh the the poker poker game with macaroni on acid with chuck's mom what? <laughs> that's a hell of a but that's for another Chris. day we'll find yeah we'll find them there'll be the proper moment for that story um the only other it's not I- macaroni it's worms it's maggots Anyway, um, I have just one other small note and then a kind of a bigger note. Um, when I do wish that there was a moment when Yeager was telling them about the Guavian Death Gang because he was like, yeah, these guys are bad news. I wish he had at least mentioned his brother because in season one, his brother Marcus had run into the Guavian Death Gangs and they were going to kill his helper person. And that's why he needed to win the race against Yeager. So I just thought it'd been nice if he was just like, um, the Guavian Death Gang, like, is no joke. They, you know, they almost hurt my brother. So, like, we have to take this really seriously just to give, like, that little nice connection back to season one. I got the impression that everybody knew that the Guavian Death Gang was, it's like, like, if somebody said, like, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Mexican drug cartel is outside of your house. It wants to speak with you, you know, you'd probably drop a drop a poop that moment, you know, because everybody knows like, you, you know, organi- they're organized crime, you know, it would be like um, there's a bunch of pikes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I would just say it would have been just like a cool little connection back to season one. Like it's the it's the minorest, tiniest of gripes. But I, yes, I kind of wish yes. she just like connected it because that was a really good episode. Um, so I have a big note for this one. 
you know how Clone Wars used to experiment with different genres? Yes. Like horror or, or, or monsters or samurai movies. I have to wonder if this is the Resistance crew experimenting with melodrama or the soap opera format. Because or, or even or even a little like that and a little sitcom mixed in. Because th- yeah, because this episode is so extra. It's so over the top in everything it does. Like when Kaz gets cursed, the guy licks his hand and smears it on Kaz's face. Yeah, <laughs> and and and, 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 and then Nico, Nico goes way over the top. Like no, he's he's normally the dramatic, funny character, but he's like like almost soap opera dramatically falling down the stairs. Like, yeah, it is and up like there. everything, everything, and what even the visual, like the the um asteroid field, we've seen a bunch of asteroid fields in Star Wars. This asteroid field had like five times; it was just solid asteroids. It was like more asteroids than I've ever seen at one time. It was just this, you know, swarm of asteroids that mm-hmm. could have been overkill, but it looked really cool. So. And some of the jokes are very sitcom jokes. Like when Kaz is walking around with the bucket on his foot and he walks by, the light sparks and the light falls behind him and he just keeps walking like nothing happened. Like that's a sitcom joke. And so it reminded me of those episodes of Clone Wars where they would experiment with different genres. And because this, there's just so much here and everybody is at like a 12. Like not like every like Bulls of Gruel is out of twelve, Mika Gray is out of twelve, the pirates are out of twelve, like everybody is up there. And it I I I don't know why, but it just hit me just right. I just found this episode so melodramatically funny because everyone was just so over the top, more than normal. And it, it got me. Like I was I just everything that was happening, I just was laughing. Yeah, if there was so if there was gonna be an episode where they broke out into a song it would have been this episode guys is no good very bad day yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and then he sings a whole song about it just like i want to be where the money is i'm tired of being shot at and poor <laughs> walking around with a what's that animal again a gorg <laughs> On my feet, on my arm, all I want to do is be in the sun, wandering free, flying free, in a ship that won't kill me. There's a metal song. (laughs) My ship is falling apart, I curse it. (laughs) Oh my god, now I just want to see Kaz do death metal. Be like, (laughs) you doesn't pay me enough! Caesar, give me my money. Dad, you suck. Dad, you suck. <laughs> All my dads are horrible. All three of them. My real dad, Caesar, and called, There's a song called Boot Full of Credits. <laughs> I got a boot full of credits. <laughs> Gonna spend credits. a bit once. Boot yep. full of credits. Yep. He's yep. got a boot full of credits. <laughs> Yeah, we're having fun this episode. Mm. But that's I just spilled water on me. Oh, well. Mazel tov. Anyway, did you have anything yeah. else for Act 1? Um, I'm all Act 1'd out. All right, one second. Let me blow my nose because I'm just laughing so hard. <sighs> uh, yeah, you ever, like, laugh so hard your nose starts running? 
Huh. Anyway, act two? Act two. So, Kaz and his friends are supposed to be murdering death gang people, but the Guavia death gang uh, scout spots Kaz, but the fireball is malfunctioning and trying to press him to death. And Kaz is like, Oh, God, it's the Guavian! Get the Guavian! CD 23! And so the Guavian scout gets away, and Kaz goes back to the classes, and the whole time, CB23 and Hype are just like, are you ready to be best friends? And she's just like, mm-hmm. And so they just start sassing the fuck out of Kaz, and Hype is like, what the fuck? Like, you just, like, messed up the whole mission, and CB23 is like, I'm secretly Meeker. Meeker returns, and CB23 the whole time. So he gets back, and everyone is just mad at Kaz. And normally, nice Captain Dad Doza is, like, super nice. But even Captain Dad is like, good job, Kaz. You killed us all. So Kaz just feels like shit. And there's this great dramatic moment of him just literally laying face down in the in the hangar. And it's just, like, his life now. So Niku tells Kaz to go back to the pirates to remove the curse. So they go back to Steve Bloom. And Steve Bloom Pirate is all just like, oh, hey, welcome back. And Kaz is like... Here's your boot full of money, boot full of money, take it away from me. <laughs> and he wants him to remove the curse. So this little asshole, Steve Bloom, gets back up on the table like a stripper, crawls back over to him, licks his, not just like one finger like last time, no, he licks his whole damn hand and starts chanting and just smears spit and saliva. This is gross in a COVID world. Just smears it all over Kaz's face and like kind of puts a little bit in his mouth and just like stuff right there and it's great and Steve Bloom is like stuff right there (laughs) I'm so sorry Steve Bloom he's like the nicest person (laughs) I've met Steve Bloom before and he's so nice I'm so sorry to be like sexualizing you right now (laughs) oh anyway I gotta tell you though I gotta tell you um they won't even let Orca and Flick's kiss, and they got Steve Bloom licking the young man's face. <laughs> they won't even let Orca and Flick's hold hands so they can have the whole ass pirate lick Kaz. Like, what the fuck? Just smear his spit all over his face. All over face. him. Oh, it's, it's, Slowly I, making I, eye contact. I forgot about that in this episode. I lost it. I had to pause because I was laughing so damn hard. As I am now. Anyway, it doesn't work. The pirate's like, you're double cursed now. And now you also have my COVID. Fuck you. So since it doesn't work, they go to Mika Gray. And so Kaz and he's just like, Mika Gray, I need help. And she's like, because you're cursed? He's like, how did you know? Are you a miracle person? She's like, no. Everyone's talking about you. There's like 12 people on this ship. <laughs> it's you, the pirates, the Dozas, and Orca and Flex, and Yeager's family. That, that's it. Like, that, there's no one else here. That's a nice boot full of money, though. And he's like, you want my boot full of money? And she's like, hell yeah, I do. I want to take your... Actually, my favorite part is he takes out one credit and she just takes the whole boot. <laughs> Live your best life, Mika Gray. And so she takes the boot full of money, and she's all like, how can I help you? So he tells her about the curse, and she gives Just him... Just a boot full of money makes the curse go away. Boot full of money makes the curse go away. Money makes the world go round if you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real line from something, or did you just come up with that? I 
just came up with that, but I was kind of... Wow, that sounds like a hit song. There was a um, a musical called... Uh, it, it was like one of those Funny or Die musicals, and it was before gay marriage was legalized and had Neil Patrick Harris in it, and it was called Proposition 8, and they broke into this big musical number about how, like, how people could actually make money on gay weddings, um, and it, it was really great, um, and I, 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 there's a line in it, and I just... It was all on the tip of my tongue, so I think I came close to it. But yeah, go go look it up on YouTube. It's called Proposition Eight. It has Neil Patrick Harris on it. It's great. Anyway, so uh, he tells Mika Gray about the curse, and she's like, "All right, here's this little wooden toy. There you go. That's worth a boot full of money." And Kaz is like, "I don't know. This toy looks kind of like one of the guys from Among Us. What if what if it stabs me?" And she's like, "Do you want the curse or not?" And he's like, "Okay, I'll take the little stabby toy." And Mika's like, look, if you believe in the talisman, it's going to protect you. And he's like, that's not really advice. What if I don't believe in the talisman? And she's like, not my fucking problem. I got your boot full of money. <laughs> so he takes it. But oh no, the station starts shaking. Because now they're under attack by the Guavian Death Gang. Wow. I just like that. I, 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 like, I like sort of following up on the Jedi Temple a couple episodes ago with uh some more non like people in the real world um as in our real world just sort of grasp on the supernatural you know just uh, curses and yeah and bad luck and stuff like i have my superstition it's just neat to know that that stuff is going on too you know there wasn't really a force. There, there wasn't a force curse on him or something, or it wasn't like left over from the 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 Sith relic from the the Sith temple or anything. It was just a, a good old fashioned head fuck. Yeah, like uh, I I have my own superstitions. Like at, at eleven eleven, I make a wish. Like it's just a thing I do. It's a superstition, and like everybody has like those like little weird thingies they do. Like don't step on a crack and. Um, my, the, my, my head fuck that I have from childhood and I can absolutely blame my sister for this because I know it was Jen. Um, I cannot be stepping on a crack when the microwave hits zero because my sister's like, like the whole step on a crack thing. My sister went to like 10 with it and was like, our mother will die in lava if you're like stepping on a crack when the microwave hits zero. And it stuck with me. Step on the crack and it microwaves her heart and her body where she stands. I get nervous if I'm, if I'm standing on a crack when a microwave hits zero. It's, it's a, it's such a weird childhood thing that I know that's not going to, nothing's going to happen, but I get antsy. And I make wishes at. Is that a way? Is that a way you did now? Does your mom know about this story? Does did did your mom ever hear that story? I I don't. Because if your mom was aware of that story, whenever you're fighting or feuding with your mom, whenever the microwave hits zero, you can just look her in the eye and step on the crack. (laughs) Nice passive aggressive. I I don't actually know if she knows about this or not. I don't actually know. Well, she should know. It's her back. I know. <laughs> She's got to protect that microwave it. out of the house and and save a life. Yeah, she's got to protect that back of hers. Um, I, I don't know. I'll have to ask her next time I talk to her. Like, did you know that Jen used to terrorize me with a microwave as a child? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, what did you think about it, too? Uh, there's another song. <gasps> another song. <laughs> Death space. 
fucking Yeager says something like, you know, we're, we're not out of danger until we're out of this Guavian death space. And I'm like, Guavian death space. They even have a name for the space where Guavians hang out. It's death. It's or do sorry. the Guavians, Guavians just, just is that like their headspace? We got to get out of this Guavian headspace. I'm man. sorry. Guavians just sound like really delicious. It makes me like what's some guava. Well, yeah, Guavian Death Space sounds like it should be a Star Wars marketed, like, ghost pepper, you know, uh, The thing is, it's, it's so close to guava fruit. Like, I'm just like, oh, man, I want some guava fruit. Like, yeah, I haven't had yeah. guava fruit in guava years. Like, and it just ghost... sounds so delicious. Just take and guavas. Then... Guavas and dye them what purple and call them melurons. Yeah. <laughs> and throw some ghost peppers on it and mark it as Guavian Death Space hot Honestly, sauce. Honestly... If it didn't have the word death in it, like, this would not be a terrifying name. It would just be the Guavian Gang. And it'd just be like, mmm, delicious. Where's that restaurant? Guavian Space. Yeah, it sounds delicious. <laughs> have you been to Guavian Space yet? I hear they have Guavian some really death good space. pies. Guavian Death Space wasn't that threatening either because a bunch of kids kicked their asses pretty pretty handily. And one of them was that's cursed the, even. You just summarized Star Wars. A bunch of teenagers kicked yeah. their asses. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not Don't the summary the of Star Wars? The, the, all, the, all the old people running the world right now should uh, should uh, take their lesson from uh, A New Hope. <laughs> and Rebels. And Rebels. And all of Star Wars. And fucking... that, was your main, that was your main complaint of Thrawn. Of like, he's not scary. He gets beaten by 16-year-olds every week. <laughs> every week. <laughs> not, not just beaten, but kind of humiliated. By 16 year olds every week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Humiliated in front of his boss, basically. Uh, forget about Thrawn. What a disappointment, man. Anyway, that's like, all the notes I got. <laughs> I've actually said almost all my <laughs> At notes. At least I don't have to come up with something nice to say about Thrawn anymore. At least not for a while until they come up with his TV show or he shows uh. up on. On oh. something, then I have to like, say nice things about Thrawn again that's every my favorite episode. Parts of us, uh, every time there's a Thrawn episode in Rebels, that was one of my favorite things, just to see what you would come up with. My favorite still is like he has a nice pocket protector. See what kind of bullshit I could come up with. <laughs> the pocket protector was the best one. You're like he has, really he has nice real pocket. nice, he has real nice uh, Bluetooth play symbols on his collar. Like he, he's a DVD player. Just push his collar and he starts yes, playing music. Exactly. <laughs> He's a Blu-ray player. Get it right. <laughs> Man, I miss going through Rebels. Oh, anyway. Um, That's all I got. I've already said, like, almost all my notes already. Um, Steve Bloom Pirate licks his whole damn hand, smears it over Kaz's face. Mika Gray just steals the whole damn boot of money. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 you sort of did them right in your notes. <laughs> I know, right? Um this is where I was just saying where I feel like the slapstick was out of place, but here it's part of the story, so it really works here. Um, it's just really well-placed comedy because everybody is so melodramatic and over the top. Um, the only other note I had, and it kind of hit me um, as I was watching Kaz get almost pressed to death by his ship, which is my absolute phobia way to die is getting like pressed to death. Um, but... It hit me. I was like, why is he using the fireball? They're in the middle of a fucking war. Like, can't they just, like, why is he not using Yeager's ship? Which I know the whole thing is he's the main character and it's the joke that the fireball is his. But, like, logically speaking, they're in a war. Shouldn't he be in Yeager's ship? Yeah, and he's, ship? he's 
And they're all like, oh, Kaz, you didn't blast the. Yeah, well, you put me out in the fireball and pieces fall out and, you know, it's unreliable. You know, like, it was definitely not thing. Kaz being, you know, it, it, he, he, he wasn't messing up. It was all messing up on him. So, yeah. And that's just like a really stupid, like, logistics note of like, why are they doing this? But, but of course, like, the fireball is. This, I, actually, I could see you're being like, you're not getting in my ship. You better die out there. <laughs> Don't die before you touch my curse ship. kid get in my ship. What are you crazy? No, even without a curse, you'd be like, Don't touch my ship. Don't you dare. I kinda wish uh well Why isn't Yeager out there? Well, Yeager's you the actually explained that a few episodes ago when I was like, Why isn't oh, Yeager yes, flying? You're right. And you were like, Because right. he's the leader. So you know what you answered yep. your own damn question. Yep, you're right. So, I forgot. That pirate. How smart I was. That pirate looking Kaz is just ridiculous. It's 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 amazing. <laughs> anyway, Act Three. Act Three. <laughs> let's re- let's prep the puppy. <laughs> anyway, Act Three. So the Claudians <laughs> are. <laughs> I threw my grenade and I got you. <laughs> the Guavians are attacking. Oh no. Um, and the Guavians are like, You think your skill now pay us one million credits or we'll take the Colossus. But you know, which is more like, <laughs> And Doze is like, One million credits. What? And they have like I wish they put their little pinky. This would be the episode where they would put their pinky by their lips. Like this would be or, the episode. Or that that hologram of the the Guavian had a little tiny mini me Guavian next to him. Or just like you know stroking like um uh, uh the the naked Sphinx cat. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're like give us a million credits or we're gonna take the Colossus. And Doze is like you're gonna take the Colossus. Jokes on you assholes. We're poor as hell, and we've been eating the same stingray for like a month. And the entire space station smells like a rotten stingray. Come and we get call us, it the stingray now. The stingray now. Come get us, fuckers. And the Guavians are like, well, we can Lysol it. It's fine. We'll just clean it. Attack! So uh, they go to attack, and they also threaten that they'll turn everyone over to the First Order, because I guess that's important, too. And Doze is like, oh, oh, they're going to turn us over to the First Order. Uh, aces, fly. So they launch the aces so they can clear out the asteroid field. And now that he has a shiny new talisman, Lux, uh, Ka- Lux, I was about to say Lux Kaz's, <laughs> Kaz's Lux be changing. But he doesn't realize that he drops the talisman as he's hopping into the fireball. And then everyone fights. Pew, pew, pew. Everyone's fighting and they're flying around. And Kaz feels great. He feels great. He's like, I feel like I could take a whole boot full of mummy back right now. And he's just flying around doing good. But then the ship starts malfunctioning and he's just like, what the fuck? I'm supposed to be cured. Why are you breaking apart? Fireball, even though you break apart every episode. Why are you doing this now? And he realizes he doesn't have his talisman on him. But you know what? He's like, I don't need it. I'm going to take hold of my own destiny. I'm going to Qui-Gon Jin this shit. It was my, inside me all along. Because my focus determines my reality. And meanwhile, like, Qui-Gon's in the, the other realm. Like, please don't bring me into this. I am at peace now. 
I'm Liam Neeson, and I'm, like, looking for my daughter for my, my 15th sequel of Taken, and I'm fine. Okay, thanks. Don't write me into this. So Cass feels great. And you know what he does? He does the age-old method of fixing the Colossus, of fixing the fireball. He smacks the shit out of it, and it works! And the fireball functions. And Cass takes command of the battle. He's like, Aces, I got my groove back. Let's go. And they're all like, cool. So they he leads the Aces into battle. And they blow up all the asteroids. And they land back on the Colossus. And they get away. So they fly off into safety of hyperspace. So they get back into the hangar. And Kaz is all like, who has the curse now? Not me. Ha ha. And Niku's like, Hi, Kaz. I found this really strange-looking toy um, on the ground. Does it belong to you? And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't need that anymore, but I'm going to use it. So he takes the toy, and he decides to get a little revenge. And he goes out to the marketplace, and he's just like, hey, Steve Bloom. And the pirate's like, yeah? And he's like, I got something for you. And he throws it in his suit. And he's like, I just want you to know, before I threw that into your soup, I licked it first. I put that whole damn toy <laughs> I put that whole damn toy in my mouth and I put my face on it and then I gave it to Mika Gray and she licked the toy too and now it's in your soup. And Steve Blue Pirate is just like, this is from Mika Gray and it has her spit on it. He's like, yes it does. And the pirate Steve Bloom freaks out and runs away. And Kaz is like, thanks Mika Gray. Mika's like, never ever say out loud that I put a toy in my mouth. Just don't. Just don't, Kaz. Don't ever do that, or I will actually curse you. Kaz is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for it to be so sexual. Okay, bye, bye, I'm gonna leave now. And the end! Oh, jeez. Now you had to make it into, like, a, um... I'm oh, so what the hell was that movie? I'm so sorry, Steve Bloom. What the hell is the movie with the, the kid and the old lady? Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude. You turned it into Harold and Maude. I don't know what that means. Oh my god. <laughs> that's why I'm old. It's uh, every college kid saw Harold and Maude. It has it's got um Oh, what is her? She's the greatest old lady actress ever. She's basically the old lady actress version of Burgess Meredith of just like the perfect old per- old lady. And it's a love story between like a suicidal um probably 20-year-old kid and this this old lady and they have a a wild affair and she brings him out of his depression and it has cat stevens music Aww. i'm gonna i'm gonna bark out her name in like 10 seconds when i remember it but i can't i can't remember her name she was also the 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 old lady in rosemary's baby she was awesome she was awesome in everything Anyway, dear listeners, please no one tell Steve Bloom that I completely sexualized him as a pirate and then finished this by saying Kaz stuck a toy in his mouth and gave it to him. Please no one anybody say anybody who knows Steve Bloom. Please tell him all of that. No, okay. <laughs> actually, he probably would find it really funny. Um, he'll be okay. I'm, I'm sure he's heard worse. I'm sure. I don't know if Steve Bloom's ever like decided to be like, I'm gonna go check out some Zeb fan fiction. 
He is the biggest supporter of Callus and Zeb, actually. So I would not be surprised. Like he yeah, was sitting he, on a stage. He might have run across. He might have run across some slash fiction though that 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 uh, would be ten times worse than anything, any kind oh, of. Uh, I can't wait till I'm a I, I I make it as a creator and then I can just read fan fiction about my own characters. Once yeah, I'm out of con- once I'm out of contract, you're actually not allowed to read like other people's work while you're under contract. But, like once I'm out of contract, I'm just gonna be like, give me all the fan fiction, <laughs> and then I'll feel horrible because I'll be like, this is so much written better than me. <laughs> then I'll be sad, but it'll be great. What do you think of X three? I liked it. Uh, you know, with all the with all the storyline about it, you almost could miss that there's just a incredible space battle in it yeah and, uh the way they're using the, the 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 asteroids to blow them up and and screw over the guavians is really cool with and you like get to see kaz use a lot of the stuff he learned you know from, from his, his yeah from his little little uh adventures with poe and it was it was just it was it was really cool i mean the light and once again like low-key it wasn't like blow you away but the lighting coming through all the asteroids and the way the backgrounds would look and the lighting would change as they were you know banking and was just flawless it really took you into it but like it kind of takes up second fiddle to the story which is which is testament to the strength of the story and it has one of my best favorite lines of uh just sort of woo bullshit that you say with with stuff like this, it's like almost like motivational. It was all in your head if that's what you think. <laughs> Ooh, it's just an awesome sort of bullshit line. I I loved it. Uh, I I love that Mika Gray went from like badass archaeology to bullshit. <laughs> that's just a so thin weird. line. It's a oh thin yeah, line. yeah, yeah. I I have that note too because the dogfight is really gorgeous. My my favorite tracking shot of like them flying up the colossus and then around it and it's just one shot of just going up the entire side of the colossus and then around the top um it's a really gorgeous shop and again i'm throwing out there give me michael tavera's soundtrack because the music in the dogfight yes. is gorgeous give me michael tavera's soundtrack please and thank you put his asshole his asshole <laughs> Where are you going, Hope? What's going on? I am Hope is good again on a week of insomnia and that's great. Um no, I I want put his ass on Spotify or or something or what, like what I, I mean like I don't know what would be that what would what what would be holding it up? It's not like yeah, like putting it on Spotify or something. What do you have to do? Make a little, you know. Oh, no, I'm sure you have to go through and, you know, it's and edit it down into like four minute pieces that are. I mean, the Kiners uh, do it, though. Ki- the, the Kiners in yes! the uh, Mandalorian. Um, all of, them. All of them have been doing it. So, yeah. yeah and it, it, and no, yeah, I will say I will you... say this. I will say this. Um, I know Brad Breek from Owl House, he, who also did the Gravity Falls music. Um, Brad Breek has been putting the Owl House scores on YouTube, but he actually talked on Twitter about how he was really worried about Disney striking his own music off his YouTube account for a show that he works for for Disney. So there might well, actually be some contract stuff going on there. Like like uh, the well, Kiners the Kiners it, might actually have a contract with Lucasfilm to be able to put it on like Spotify because you can actually make money off of it. Here, 
here's the thing though disney doesn't know that he's that's his music on his on his account it's just uh it's an it's disney disney hires a company that just has that taps into disney's database of music that it owns and then trolls the web looking for stuff that matches you know how you know how it's basically the same technology as i can't remember the name of that program that people have on their phone that you can just hold it you hear a song on the radio and you're like what is that song and you hold oh, it up yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it just does that so you know they they the, the the algorithm doesn't check to go like oh is this guy the copyright holder and he probably isn't the copyright holder on it He's probably he's probably under contract to get paid if they sell the the music to it or use the music to it and stuff. He probably has, you know, stuff in there, but he probably doesn't own. He I'm I'm sure he doesn't own the copyright. Uh, John Williams, I don't think can just like release his own stuff like that, sell his own stuff like that. So, you know, it 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 probably just got pulled down by a. Uh, algorithm and he could have probably cleared it up with Disney with a lot of work that wouldn't have been worth it, you know, type of thing, you know. And and I will say there could also be a thing that maybe be- because Resistance didn't do because of the whole cable bullshit and stuff and didn't do as well, Michael Tavera might not even want to post it. A- actually, I don't think any of his work is online now that I think about it because I've, I've I don't know why it. he wouldn't want to. It's very good. It's a very good soundtrack. It's unique among the, the Star Wars. Yeah. Soundtrack so without wanna... sounding, without not sounding of a piece with Star Wars soundtracks, it has its own its own flavor to it. And you could you could just pick through you could pick through the two seasons and easily come up with forty five minutes of music that covers all the sort of flavors that he had in there and any pieces that he was especially proud of. You know. Yeah, he it, might not even want to like because I don't. I just Googled it really fast and he doesn't even have like any, um, is this his SoundCloud? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Keep, keep, keep you talk. Yeah. I, I hope you are finding that that would be a, that would be a fantastic innovation right at the end of the show. (laughs) Right at the end of season two, we find the soundtrack music. But yeah, I don't I, I I don't think that they like Kevin Kiner did it once or twice, you know, but it was they were really they were plug in rebels and he had that one piece that he had done with a you know with a bigger orchestra than he was used to and and stuff and they put it out and he was like tweeting it out but he was like tweeting a link to the disney site you know the starwars.com site that had the article on it and stuff but i just don't see why they wouldn't release it there's like the people who are there i mean there's people who aren't aren't interested but they're not going to care there's oh there there is interest for any soundtrack to any movie or tv show in the world there are people that are like soundtrack enthusiasts and there's definitely a group of of resistance fans and there's definitely people who would want to hear that music you know Mm -hmm. i just don't see why i just don't see what's what's in the way uh okay so lead this has led me to nothing and there's it's not on his soundcloud but i have discovered his soundcloud and i did not know that he did the uh 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 
uh, 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 the uh, my brain just stopped. Why? No, talk about the, the Puffy Ami Yumi soundtrack, which I'm just like, oh, <gasps> there's I can send him a message. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Hello. I was wondering if you would ever consider hosting your Star Wars Resistance music. <laughs> The I know the answer to that. <laughs> soundtrack is so amazing. I, uh, I, uh, it would. Your, I need a your work on it. Not, I need to spell See, you that's, that right. That's your a tricky question. That's a, another it. tricky question you got going there, Hope. Like, like Paul C. Kelly's tricky question, because the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> he, he probably can't. But we might get some. The, the, the real question is why. Why no? Mm-hmm. Why no? Um, so maybe is, maybe we'll find out why. Is there? Um, All right, maybe there'll be a special episode of J Guys and Jedi. We're hoping Chris do the, the necessary research and like to find out what's going on with the Kevin Kiner soundtrack. Thank you for. Okay, so I wrote, hello, I was wondering if you would ever consider posting your Star Wars Resistance music. The soundtrack is so amazing. Your work on it is, uh, I I wrote amazing twice, is stellar. Stellar is a good word. Um, The soundtrack is so amazing. Your work on it is stellar. Is there a contract reason why it can't be posted? Thank you for your time. Should I send? Send it. Send! Why not? Get that. Unable to, he only accepts messages from people who follow him. Well, Well, guess who you're following. I, I don't know. You probably have to have a SoundCloud account. No, he has to be following me. I uh, do have a SoundCloud account. How do you think I so got all the I? Gravity Falls music oh, for Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons? That's true. I have a SoundCloud account, too. Huh. Anyway. Ah, yeah. Uh, so, it, did you have anything else for F3? No, that's all I had. Um, The only other thing I had was, has Gord... Has Kaz always had a gourd painted on the side of the fireball? Or I don't know. I noticed it too, cute. but I don't know. Yeah. Because I remember in the very, very first episode, he went to the gourd salesman. He was just like, hey, if you sponsor me, I'll put your thing on the side of my ship. But I can't ever remember seeing the gourd until this episode. But it's so cute. I love I loved the little gourd painted on his ship. But Well, Kaz is taken more seriously now. So maybe that's a nice little, little touch to show that, that he's gain the respect of the gorg salesman to where he wants to sponsor kaz now yeah um but that's all i have for the episode did you have anything else i have nothing else all right score it up for me chris i gave it an eight out of ten it was it was a decent episode it's it's not like gonna be one of my favorites but it was a fun little episode that's kind of what that was me too like i also gave it an eight out of ten um it doesn't like it's not like a plot or like big lore changing episode but it's fun yeah no it it really doesn't it really doesn't push the main storyline ahead really at all but it's okay actually i will say this what what i will say that this episode probably does change is kaz getting his confidence to lead because from here on out we're heading we're barreling towards the finale starting next yeah week. but that's that's been an ongoing thing it wasn't but like you know, it's him really taking charge and making that step up and getting that confidence because he's always been sort of that like still that catastrophe and the aces are still kind of like ah you're fine but this one he's just like no i'm leading this battle let's go into battle let's go i'm doing this and that is probably the the only change because from here on out he's the leader 
he leads the aces and that if, so i would say that would probably be the development but oh my god cats gets licked by a pirate and that's so much better yep that's the big uh <laughs> step forward in this one kaz finally gets over his fear of being licked by a pirate <laughs> a fear a fear many of us have i hate many when people I have, have that fear pirate licking is phobias <laughs> some people it's a phobia and i guess there's probably some people it's a fetish too so Ugh. Please, Steve Bloom, don't listen to this. Anyway, so an announcement. <laughs> um, I oh, Steve Bloom, listen to every episode, Steve Bloom. Oh, no, no. Every single episode. If you listen to our Rebels finale, where I, I do an entire wedding sequence for Callus and Zeb, it's yeah. fine. Uh, <laughs> Well, anyway, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page or the Two True Freaks website. This week, our feedback comes from the Two True Freaks Facebook page for our Resistance episode where we created Darth Buggles. Uh, <laughs> all right. Our first. Uh, it's Hunt on Seltzer 3. <laughs> our first um, feedback comes from Paul C. Kelly. It's tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. HD Duraka, Raka, Raka, Rana, right on top. It's tricky. It's tricky, tricky. That's now the song of the episode. Uh, I, <laughs> um, it's funny. I just for for a um episode of uh, the Honeywell experiment, we watched uh, Tougher Than Leather, the Run DMC movie. Perform it's tricky. They did not perform it's tricky in that movie though. Although I have seen run or uh, DMC perform it's tricky at a comic convention once. Oh, cool! And nobody knew what he was doing. It was so sad. I felt so bad for him. He would be like, "It's tough to rock, rock on time. To rock on time, it's about rhyme on time. It's tricky." And then he'd hold the mic out, and everybody'd look at him like, "I I don't know what what." to say i would have been the one it, person been like it's yeah 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 there were like three of us there were like three of us oh. but uh yeah i felt i felt he was you could see it, it, i was watching him i'm like oh my god this is like a legend this is like chuck berry and nobody knows who he is or really cares <laughs> it was so sad <laughs> anyway policy kelly before we policy get kelly says I like the flying stingray better than the space whales for some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you don't like uh, Steve Earle or whatever his name is. or uh, The the crocodile hunter. Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin. They, they should have had a giant crocodile hunter come out and attack the... He died on my birthday. Oh. I remember that. That was rude of him. It's not like he helped it. Maybe it's because. But, it's, but here's the thing, you know who I it gets, you know who I share a birthday with, Beyonce. Ooh. I share a birthday with the Queen Bee herself. So. I I told Beyonce that she couldn't couldn't have beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have told you told that story before on the show. I know, I know but I have, to, have to I have to bring it up it. every time. Every okay. time Beyonce's name is mentioned, which no will be every birthday that Hope has. Okay, back to Paul okay. C. Kelly. Maybe because it's not a mythical creature that caused two main characters to launch into hyperdrive and have unknown whereabouts. Oh no. 
The Stingray was just your average creature making its way in the galaxy. I'm just an average creature making my way in the galaxy. Seems like it tasted pretty good, too. I don't know. They got Stingray and Lysol. All right, and our next one <laughs> comes from Gene. No, I was ready to Steve Irwin, and then I was like, oh, wait, he said a joke. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got one from Gene Hendricks. He says, J guys and Jedi, come to find out what the moral in quotes the end is. Stay to find out why Chris yelled, Oh, Jesus, no! I don't remember this. It's a, it was a dildo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you put it in I your mouth? Remember. Now do you remember? <laughs> I do. Uh, and then Catherine <laughs> Candy! It was a dildo covered in pirate spit. Uh, candy! We need to move on. Oh, that was a cackle there, help. Me! <laughs> so if you don't know where we're Whoever going... shall own this spit-covered dildo shall rule the galaxy. Oh, mine is very melty. <laughs> One dildo to rule them all. One dildo to find them. Five anal beads to seal them all and in the darkness bind them with butt packs. Who anyway, is no. going to cross mortar and throw the dildo into the fiery pit? Holy shit, mine is really melty. Anyway, if you don't know what we're doing, other than making dumb dildo jokes, um, you dumb dildo. Dumb dildo jokes with Hope and Chris. <laughs> 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 do you do you see why I'm gonna pass out? I'm gonna pass out right <laughs> in my chair. Oh shit. Do you see why such <laughs> a chaotic experience? We are oh, I'm fading I'm fading fast, hope. Let's eat some candy and get the fuck out of here, honeywell. Oh. So if you don't know what we're doing. Um, Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a dildo. Oh, time. <laughs> and Chris is a dumb dildo, and he doesn't like American Kit Kats. So Dario, from Chris's sex show called Eating Phoenix, <laughs> candy from all over the world to review. And this week we are eating the Kinder Hippo, which comes from Deutschland. Thank you, Germany. Oh, Kinder I'm, Hippo, I'm going to eat the hell out of you. I am laughing so hard. I'm so scared I'm going to choke on this. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, my God, it's delicious. Except for it's super melty. Mine melted. Mine's all melty, too. It's like a... Oh, my God, it's so It's like bad. a cr- crunchy hippo. Mmm. <laughs> Oh my god. So good. I oh, wish it was a hazelnut. Mm. 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 Oh, it's so light and frothy. I'm like licking the wrapper mm. like a pirate. Mm. Mm. Like mm. a pirate licking Kaz's face. Mm. Mm. Or like Kaz sticking the whole damn toy in his mouth. Mm. <laughs> I'm so glad that Kaz is not a minor because we can absolutely sexualize him. He's. Oh, okay. He's, He's 20, I think, in the show, if I remember correctly. Mmm. Tora's off limits. She's a minor. It's a little marshmallowy, too. It's mm. got, like, marshmallow, hazelnuts, little, little crunchies. 
I know, I'm just like looking at the package. A Waffery it's, it's Hippo? All, not even know this, so I'm just like, fuck yeah. Mmm. They're all up in there on my tongue. Oh, that was amazing. Mmm. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Dario. We love you. Good work, Dario. You just shut up about dildos for 30 seconds. I can't. I can't shut up about dildos. I won't. <laughs> you can't make us. I hope the world has to know. The Dodo Revolution has begun. We will the come. The Dodo Revolution will not be televised, Hope. You will suction them to your walls. You will vibrate them in their beds. They are coming. They are coming. Oh, Jesus. Well, the first wave is the dildos. The vibrators, the second wave. No, and, then, and then what? the tanks come out. The... <laughs> Oh, what the hell, hell do they call it? Oh, the Sibian tanks come rolling out down the street. Burm. Nobody expects the Spanish sex position. Oh. <laughs> we gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That is our dildo website run by a crew of podcasting dildos. We have so many podcasts. <laughs> Com. You can sign up for our RSS dildo feed on, uh, on that if you choose, or you can go to like iTunes and uh, just uh, look up Two True Freaks slash Dildo Emporium. Uh, we are also on um, Facebook, which a lot of people don't know is the world's largest repository of dildos. It's nearly overflowing with dildos. They're packed in solidly. But packed in amongst the dildos, you can also find the Two True Freaks podcast uh, page where we uh, post all our episodes up or the Two True Freaks Cantina where we all just go and hang out and yeah, just talk about dildos all day. We are also on Twitter and uh, we Two True Freaks Twitter site and it is run by Gene Gene. Please don't say the dildo podcasting machine. machine. Oh, you thought I was going to say he was a dildo machine, but a dildo's already a machine. <laughs> a dildo's ba -da -ba -ba -da bump. <laughs> anyway, we're going to find you, Hope. What? What? What'd you say? <laughs> oh, is it my turn? It's your turn now. Oh, you can find us on Twitter. Pass the dildo to you, Hope. <laughs> oh, it's so floppy. Oh, damn it. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> what the hell? What are the... Or it's a relay race. <laughs> I'm going to get to the finish line. It might take me a while. I am a lady. <laughs> take your time. I will. I'm asexual. It's going to take me a while. Uh, you can find <laughs> Jedi on Twitter. Also at Homolox on Twitter. I have a website called Geeky Girl Experience. Um, we have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. You can listen to us over there. Oh my god, please come back next week, guys. I'm sorry that <laughs> we'll be a lot more better. <laughs> we'll be, we'll, hopefully we'll be finding our way into dildo-free space by I, that time. I hope so. We have a guest. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be out of Guavian dildo space by then. Oh, Lord Almighty. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm going to, like, the eighth plane of a dimension. <laughs> God. All right, guys. Come back next week where we're talking station to station with, with Thomas Harper. Woo! Chaotic experience, Allie. You're right. 
Oh, I can't breathe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks. Solipsism. It works for me.